You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul notes the significance of Cain's construction and subsequent naming of a city after his son, Enoch, the significance of the name Lamech or Lamech as a metathesis of Melech, and the problem of civilization connected with the city as the production of man. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Last time we discussed how Cain was asked to wander in the land of wandering, in the earth of wandering, and he behaves contrary to the will of God. So he misses the second chance. Remember, Adam was given his second chance, and we don't hear how he did with it, because Adam is Adam, is unique. But Cain represents what is called in the Bible the children of Adam, the Adamites. And clearly, he misses also the second chance. He settles. How do we know that he settles? It's because he built a city. It's very clear. It's mentioned in 17. But the text is much richer. Many times you've heard me saying that every little passage of 1 through 4 and even 1 through 11 just is woven in a way to prepare for the following passages. Things are interconnected. Let me jump directly to this overarching. Number one, we do not hear about the Toledot of Cain. Obviously, I just mentioned genealogy, but this word is not the birthings of Cain. So immediately, an attentive ear will realize that something is wrong there. Somehow Cain is going to disappear because one remains in one's procreation, which was blessed by God in Genesis 1. And indeed, it is so, because when we move to the Toledot of Adam in chapter 5, Cain is nowhere to be found. It is Seth who takes the place and notice, as we shall see at the end of the chapter, not the place of Cain, but the place of Abel. So the text is really loaded. And that's why one has to be patient. Remember always, Augustine, when you have trouble with the one passage, just keep reading. You have to find the solution in the text. And Augustine is the counterpart in the West of Chrysostom in the East. They were great pastors. And Chrysostom said, you have to keep listening to the story as it stands. You should not project your assumptions into them. But here in the presentation, you know, I need to point out to the people how things are connected. And this way, when we get to the following text, I'll point back to this one. 
the text itself begins the same way that it dealt with Adam. Cain knew his wife. Okay, so we have the procreation there. And she conceived and bore Enoch. Now, the so-called genealogy of Cain is interestingly seven. Now, seven is the divine total number. Ten is the human total number. So the text is playing on your mind by showing that Cain really culminated into a seventh grandchild who is Lamech, as we shall see, and I shall explain why I stress that it is Lamech, not Lamech. And he is the king. Having two wives clearly indicates that one is powerful. He's the king, as later we shall see the other kings will have two wives. And he has authority. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech, seventy-sevenfold. Notice again the play on seven. It reflects the divine perfection totality, but it is the human being that usurps it. Usurps it clearly because God did not want a city. Later we shall see that he will destroy the city that the human beings will be building. And this is what Cain does. So one more time, we have to hear how the text is really a powerful punch against human arrogance that want to make the human in the place of God. And unfortunately, this is what theology did with us. It presents us as being the ultimate image, and we are like God and equal to God. And even the Orthodox speaks speak about theosis. And, but the Bible, and you heard me many times saying, it goes against the grain. It dynamites you. It shows you big to destroy you. Because if it shows you already belittled, then the point is not made. It's just the disruption of all the plans of man, as we shall see in chapter 6 again. So bear with me this morning because the text is loaded. It goes back and forth. With Cain, we are on the one hand reminded of Adam, and on the other hand, we look forward. The second part of 17 is really central, according to me. It already prepares for Ezekiel and reflects Ezekiel, who is the father of Scripture, as I repeat. We shall meet him again at the beginning of chapter 11 with the building of the city and the tower. And he built a city. Okay, that's half of the problem. But the real problem is that he called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, let's go for the original. Enoch is from Erud, that means rejuvenation, renewal. It is the same root from which we have the Hanukkah, renewal, rebuilding of the temple. So we have something new, newness. But the real trouble, again, in the light of Ezekiel, that Cain technically made out of 
a being of flesh, a being of stone. He turned the flesh into stone, which is the opposite of what God will do at the end in the new covenant of Ezekiel, where he shall take our hearts of stone and put in them, in their place, the hearts of flesh. And that is why the famous raising resurrection of Ezekiel in 37 is not spiritual. You have bones that are put together and then flesh and skin. So the new covenant is to make the human being according to the original plan of God, not to make him God as we hear in theology. And all this is in the terminology and in the names. Let me go to the genealogy of Cain by beginning with the last one that has the lion's share, which is Lamech. Again, Lamech is explained in Hebrew why you have the sound Lamech. It is the fact that when the word is at the end and has the accent at the end of the verse, the A is transformed into an A, just for those who know Hebrew to realize. But several times in the original, we have Lamech. So technically, the original is Lamech, and it's very clear to the ear who knows Hebrew that it is a metathesis of Melech. Metathesis means that you move a consonant from one place to the place of the other, and then you put the other in the forward. It's the sound. Lamech, Melech, Lamech, Melech. It's very clear for someone who knows Hebrew. So let's go for Lamech and stress that. He is the culmination. And let's see, we took two wives. The name of the one was Ada, the name of the other, Tzilla. Ada bore Yabal, the father of those who dwell in tents and have cattle. And then Yubal, again, if there is no need to go into the Hebrew, I'll try at the beginning not to, but those who know Hebrew will realize. I discuss it in my commentary on Genesis, so please refer to it, that there is a play as usual between the name and the function. So you could hear we have civilization connected with the city, okay, the dwelling, the cattle, and that would be halfway, but the real civilization, as you know, is expressed in the production of man, not only of philosophy, but also in plays and music, the lyre and the pipe. You could see how today people pay $200, $300 to go and see a play in the big cities like New York City or an opera or a classic, and they make fun of the people who don't have this. That's classic European arrogance. Our production, I mean, other people do not have these productions of the operas and plays and so on. We know that. So there you go. Scripture was ahead of the time. Actually, all civilizations look alike. For those who are knowledgeable, they would realize that in China and India, they will have the same thing also. 
So you have the culmination in number seven in the kingly palace. I mean, let me say immediately that the famous playwrights in France and England in the 16th, 17th century prepared plays for the king and the aristocracy. That's, I mean, who else would pay you time? I mean, there would not have been Mozart has there not been someone who would pay him to sit on a chair on his rear end and produce. That's how things are done universities as an expression of civilization. Like when I was a professor, you look at me, what did I do? What did I produce? There is nothing that comes out of my work except words, words, words that I appreciated by the knowledgeable and the students, and I'm paid for that. So let's be serious about these things. Then one produces two Balkane, notice the play on two Balkane, it is connected to Yubal in another way. Yabal means to rejoice, like the jubilee year. Tubal is from the same root as table, which means the word expressed in its habitation. You have it in the Psalms. That syllabore, Tubalcane, you could see it's the civilization of a human being. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. That's the power. Later, the Bronze Age, the Iron Age. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama again. This is the grace. So there is a tension, if you like, in this genealogy between the good and the bad. You know, the genealogy of Cain, we don't know how it's going to end. But then the culmination comes with the power of Lamech that can destroy. He can destroy anyone he decides to destroy. And this will come back at the beginning of chapter 6, where we hear about the sons of God going into the daughters of man and forcing them. But let's not go into that. I'm just pointing out the matter. Now, I brought already two times chapter six, and this is a little bit complex, so I shall ask my hearers to really go to my book and read it carefully and understand what is going on there. In the names between Cain and Lamech, there is a really total, complete play on the begetting. So we have the root Yalad to give birth, but we don't have the title for Cain. Again, because Cain is going to be eliminated soon. He does not produce a Toledot. But the hearer is prepared to begin to figure out how the author is going to handle the birthing later in chapter six. The bottom line, let me say it plainly, and I'm asking my hearers to go to my book. It would be too much here to say it, so I'm getting to the result. The main point that will appear extremely clearly in six, but the seed is already planted in this passage, that the one who gives birth in Hebrew, it is the mother. The woman 
obviously as mother. So I prefer to say mother, not just woman. But we say woman because sometimes she gives birth outside marriage and so it does not matter. It's the woman that yalad, the man systematically, and that part is untranslatable. Even the Arabic makes this mistake. It says that the man gives birth and the woman gives birth. Although in Arabic, you have the choice to use the causative form, which is the fifth form in Hebrew. That the man makes someone else give birth. So please, as I say in my book, in my tapes, forget about we are pregnant. We delivered, for heaven's sakes. You know, I'm 75 and just give me some respite. Okay, they fool the men and the women by sending them to lamas and then the father plays the game to really feel the pain of his wife, for heaven's sakes. Okay, in the Bible, it is systematic, and I say systematic. It took me hours to check all the instances of Yalad and Holid to make someone give birth. And there is not one exception, including the end of Isaiah, where God presents himself as the one who would love his people more than a mother. And still, the verb is Holid, because he is the father of the city Zion. It's Zion that gives birth. So please, I beg you, don't argue with that. Just go to the text if you know Hebrew and read it. And if you don't, just listen. That's all I can ask. It's tough. And that's one of the examples that tells me that really the author were imposing on the Greeks and the others to go back to the Hebrew ultimately. Notice in Greek you say, Egenisen, whether it's a father or a mother. In Matthew, Abraham is Egenisen, he gives birth. But let's stick with the original. You have Yalad, Yalada technically, feminine, for the woman only. The man gives birth through the woman. So technically, he makes the woman give birth. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.